Well, it's been a long break between season two and season three, and I am excited to be back. Welcome back to the Autism Mom podcast. You know, all of us are dealing with COVID-19, and it took a little bit out of my sales here to adjust and a little bit for TJ to adjust, and we are doing fine. Uh, in fact, via COVID-19 was a blessing in our house because we found that TJ does much better with homeschooling than he does in the classroom. And so throughout this season, we're going to be talking about virtual learning versus in-person learning. We're going to be talking about the different settings. And also, I'm going to be covering some of the logistics that parents need to know and how what hoops you need to jump through in order to get the help that you need and you deserve. We're talking county help, state help, respite care all the essentials that I think is super beneficial. And I really want to help you guys get that. If you're parents of autistic kiddos, I want you to get that sooner than I did. It took us till he was almost 15 to get all of these systems into play. And I really feel that it's better off for you. It's better off for your sanity and it's better off for the child. The sooner you can get all of these systems in place. So let's get started. Well, how you hanging in there as far as homeschooling goes? How is homeschooling going in your family? Have you kept into routine? I think that's the most important part when we're homeschooling is keeping in routine. Don't let the kids wake up and go to school in their pajamas. That's not something they would do normally. And so we need to stay in routine where we get up, we get dressed, and we be successful for the day. Now, in our household, we have made a separate office for TJ, a a school setting for him, if you will, that is outside of his bedroom, outside of the normalcy of the kitchen, living room, dining room, etc., because he needs to stay focused on the task at hand. So we have set up a completely different space. It's literally in our basement uh, where we put up shelves, got a desk, have dividers for him so that way he feels secluded yet focused on his work. And I really recommend keeping that routine, getting up, getting dressed. And in fact, if you could, if you need to leave for the day, physically to leave the house, you know, maybe that means go for a bike ride, or maybe that means go jump rope outside or play hopscotch or something to be in the routine of literally leaving the house and then coming back. For us, it's as simple as we open instead of the garage door, we open the basement door and our commute is down the stairs. That seems to have worked. We still get up at the exact same time. In fact, a little earlier, we're still getting up at the exact same time and getting breakfast and brushing our teeth, making our bed, taking our medicine, doing all of the things that we normally do every single morning. And then we go to school. And that is opening the, the basement door and going down the stairs. He logs in, bada bing, bada boom. It's the same routine. Now, one of the things that I've been doing with TJ since I think probably the third grade is I start the back to school routine two weeks before school starts. We start getting up, getting ready and getting out the door two weeks before school starts because this helps him get into the practice of the routine. 
I think every parent should do this, honestly, because how hard is it to get your kids up on that first day of school? They're like, because we've let them stay up every night. We've let them, you know, lounge around all summer and they're not ready for that routine. So I think that's just really important for every parent to get them back into that routine. You know, maybe it doesn't need to be two weeks. Maybe, you know, for some kids, it's only two or three days. But I know for my kiddo, it's a good two weeks that we start getting up. Maybe the first week we get up at eight o'clock and then the next week we get up at seven o'clock and then the following we get up at six o'clock. So that's what we do in our household. So I would encourage you that whether you're homeschooling or virtual schooling, no matter what, you keep the same routine. We all know these kids with autism need routine. And we, as long as we stay on the same pattern. So you may have thought, oh my gosh, you know, I haven't stayed on routine. And maybe that's why my kiddo's acting out. Stay in routine. That is my first and foremost for you today. The next thing is make sure the environment is user-friendly. Think about what the classroom looks like. What do you need to do to make their meet their needs at a classroom? I've seen some kiddos who have little American flags on their desks, and they literally say the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. I love that. I see that the, the desk is set up similar to the teacher's desk in the classroom, and letting them do that, I highly recommend that. Asking them what they're going to need. We have sensory tools right at TJ's desk. He's got thinking putty. He has kinetic sand for those times that he's really fidgety and they're supposed to be focused and staying on that virtual call. And it's really daunting for him. Uh, it's still the same atmosphere of having a bunch of people in the classroom. Instead of being there, you see a bunch of blocks on the Facebook or Zoom, if you will. It, it's almost like the Muppet Show, right? It looks at all those faces, right? And that can be really intimidating. It can cause some anxiety. So we have those fidgets and we have those sensory tools built in there. Do you need to replace the chair with a, a exercise ball, a yoga ball, so that way they're fidgety or one of those yoga discs that you set on the chair so that way they can float back and forth? Do you need to put a couple of tennis balls on the chair? Legs. Do you know that trick where you put only two tennis balls on two out of the four legs of the chair? Just cut a small, small, super small slit in two tennis balls and put them diagonal from each other. So one on the example is one on the front left and one on the back right. That means the chair wobbles, right? It wiggles. It's uneven. Kind of like that table that drives you crazy when you go out to eat and it's not level when you sit on a patio. Same thing holds true with that chair. It's uneven. It's unlevel. But it gives them that rocking ability and that will actually stabilize their head. Might drive you crazy, mom or dad, that is in the room with them. But know that it's helping them level out in their own headspace. And so it's simple as getting a couple of tennis balls can be a great sensory tool. Like I said, kinetic sand or thinking putty. Our thinking putty is very small. It's uh, maybe a one inch by one inch little uh container little tin and I don't get the big one because the big one will end up all over the screen I know it and so I have the one inch by one inch he takes it out and he fidgets with it 
Heck, I have one at my desk, y'all. You know, those types of things. What about the pencil erasers? But they're not really erasers. They're actually chewies that you put on the top of a pencil. They're made for sensory. Look it up, you guys. They're super, they're, they're pencil toppers, and they actually chew on them. The other thing you can do is buy straws. They can chew on the straw. You know, these are really great sensory objects that don't cost a lot of money, but can also help regulate during the school day, whether you're in person or in virtual classrooms. What about sucking candies? You know, some people uh, like to chew. Some kids like to suck. You can hit all of the above with a lovely Tootsie Pop. A Tootsie Pop, you guys. And you can have this built into your IEP, too, that your kid can have snack or sensory tools such as gum or Tootsie Pops. You know, yes, it might make some other kids kind of crazy. Um, and you have to know and, and teach your kid proper manners, like no blowing bubbles or you're going to get it taken away. I mean, let's be realistic. They don't get all the rules bent for them. So we have to teach them appropriate behaviors with those said sensory tools. But I know that during test taking, we had Jolly Ranchers and Tootsie Pops built into TJ's IEP because a Tootsie Pop gives the sensory of sucking. It gives the sensory of swallowing. It gives the sensory of chewing everything all at once. He's got a lot of senses going on and that kid could pop out tests like you wouldn't believe. Other things that you can put in your schoolroom, whether it's virtual or in the classroom, is talk to the teacher. Ask the teacher if you can put essential oils in the classroom. Uh, there are some school districts that allow that and some that don't. So talk to the teacher and see if you can put some sensory uh, essential oils in the classroom. I'm sure she'd be very grateful to settle other kids down as well. And if you're schooling from home, what oils can you put on the classroom table or in the classroom to help regulate and calm your child down while they are virtually learning? These are just some of the sensory tools that I'm thinking about and some of the ways that we can help our kids be successful during COVID-19. Now, here's the next one, the mask. The mask is really complicated for some kids who have sensory issues that don't want to have that mask up close to them and they can't seem to keep their mask on, whether it's because they feel like they can't breathe or it's touching their nose, it's touching their mouth, their mouth starts to sweat, they get water on that, that condensation drives them crazy. I would recommend the face shield. If your school lets you get away with the face shield, I would recommend the face shield. If you can do the face shield with a baseball cap and your kiddo likes the baseball cap, then do the shield with the baseball cap. Otherwise, the visors work great as well, and that will help cope with the feeling of something being very close to your face. Now, some kids who like that tight spaces, like my kiddo, a mask won't bother them. So you have to know your kiddo and know where they're at and meet their needs where they are and build that into your IEP. All right, guys. Well, that's what I've got for our first episode of season three. Tune in next week when we go into episode two. Have a great one.